This is Bumps in the Road podcast, and I am Executive Director of EDGE, Amelia Bandy, and I, today I'm joined by our guest who has a lot of feathers in his cap. He is a co-founder of EDGE, a co-founder of our sister cooperative, Seed. He is a veteran. He also owns a business in McDowell County called TNT Organics, and he's a great partner to EDGE, and we are lucky to get the opportunity to speak with him today. This is Jason Tart. Oh, hello. Um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Give me a little bit of background. I'm an African-American man from uh, Vols Creek, West Virginia, um, a place that if you blink, you'd miss it, of course. Um, I grew up in a pretty much all African-American community uh, back in the 70s and 80s. Um, went to high school in uh, Mercer County, graduated from Bluefield High School, and then um, went into the military uh, after high school. So I uh, got into the military as a military policeman and, and got some great experiences and um, life lessons through the military. Uh, then I, was, uh, I went to enter DOD contracting subsequent to that and uh, did very well in that industry. And then um, as my family grew and my children got older, decided to come back to West Virginia and, um, you know, figure out things going forward from there. So that kind of got me into agriculture uh, through a veterans program. But you, you see the needs and you, you know, even in the military and traveling to different places in other countries, um, the what's coming back or the information that you're getting um, about home is not very good. So, you know, this isn't the place that I remember. Um, you know, I, I grew up poor, of course, uh, as most people down in these parts did, especially in the African-American community. Um, but it was always a, a peaceful place. It was always a great place for kids to grow up. Uh, there was always a sense of community and and um for the for the community to have deteriorated to the extent that it has was very um you know mind blowing to me and uh so when I came back and got into agriculture and really started to learn it and and how Appalachia has a place within that um industry it just there's no education. There's been no effort made to really transition from the energy sector and, and um, help this dying community to recover. So in my mind, agriculture uh, is one of those things that could very much help this community. And, and I don't mean just farming, but, um, you know, there are a variety of ways uh, to do that. So now my mission is to to help rebuild home and uh, expose the community to the possibilities and, and uh, having a great time doing it. You know that our podcast is called Bumps in the Road. And one of the things that we like to do um, in this podcast is ask our guests what has happened in your life, either personally, professionally. Um, what are What's a bump in the road that you faced along your journey? Um, give us some you know, some detail on that and what did you learn from it? That's a very interesting question. As a, as an African-American man, I can tell you 
the road itself is just one big bump. <laughs> it always has been um, since I can remember. Uh, so we've, you know, you've always felt like you had to do more, and um, so I've always used that as fuel, and uh, it served me very well. But just really, you know, I've been arrested, um, and and some of the things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis you know i felt all those things i've i've been exposed to it i've i've you know i've been arrested myself here recently standing in front of my own home um charges dismissed and you go through the whole drill and you realize uh you know these things are very real people need help and there's work to be done you know and um I don't fault anyone. I'm not angry at anyone because I think there's just an overall lack of education and understanding about the racial divides and what what motivates racism to begin with. So um, obviously growing up in McDowell County, West Virginia, growing up, um, you know, that slapped you in the face on a regular basis. But at the same time, some of my friend, best friends, in life have been of opposite other races so aware enough to know there are good and bad in all races and it's just time for us to start putting some of these things together so um i had my my first child was born when i was still in high school so that was a bump in the road you know um again growing up in broken communities and broken families and that just that legacy um is something that's been a great challenge for me personally and and in the black community in general so to change that narrative to 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 expose people to how it should be um to to endeavor as a righteous man in all things um is what i think the remedy to a lot of our issues are you know to engage the youth with the elders again um and and to allow wisdom to prevail is something that's been taken away, and I think this community had that at one time, and it's been lost. So um, you see young people now who are being exposed to a lot, a lot of negativity down here, a lot of single-parent children still. You've got COVID-19 going on, and a lot of folks are struggling because we live in a broken system. And um, my question is, how long are we going to stand by and allow our communities, our children, to be set on a course for more drug abuse, more poor health uh, situations, um, you know, and so on and so forth. So um, we've got bumps in the road right now that we deal with every day in McDowell County, you know, and and not just McDowell County, but it's in this region, period. So... um, you know, figuring out how to take care of ourselves again and, and, and regain our confidence. You know, folks here are, were resilient people. Um, you know, they made a way, uh, white, black, or what, or otherwise. You know, they had, they could produce food for themselves, you know, and um, provide for themselves, and they were motivated. They had a reason to live. We got to give folks uh, uh, something to live for again. And, uh, so that's my biggest bump in the road right now is taking all of what I've just said, understanding it, unpacking it, and giving folks something to live for. And uh, so that's our challenge. You have the opportunity to do that in 
your business and you're also partnering with Edge. Um, we've been working with Coalfield Development, another nonprofit in West Virginia, to be able to train and provide education and um, they act as Coalfield employees in a workforce readiness program um, and it gives them employment for six months and also gives them a set of tools around personal and professional development and um, we're actually going to start a new cohort in um, in or around May and is this something that you feel that um, you know these lessons that you've learned are those helpful to you when you are teaching and training and mentoring the people that are coming through these programs absolutely um you know and and you're never too old to learn i'm still learning and and having had exposure to those young people um and and going through some of of what's been going on in the united states together and and watching their emotions and feeling you know angry and sad and, and everything else when george floyd was murdered um you know these young people were in the program and we had those discussions and we had several young black males in this group so um but i also had older people in the community that would come and talk to me and say hey you know um is this something that we can do uh so i also learned because we we tend to be focused on the youth but i think we also need to synergize the youth and the elders and and really you know nurture that relationship so just because a person has gray hair doesn't mean that they still don't want to get involved and contribute and grow, learn, um, and, and, and succeed. So um, we have some seniors in the community that going forward will be a part of this um, because they have something to contribute as well. And I think having spent that time with the youth and, and observing them, I learned um, that there's an opportunity here for us to rebuild that bridge between the elders and the youth. And so the second group coming up in May, uh, I really want to add um, that maturity, that intelligence, that experience to the next group of young folks coming through. So we're going to try something a little bit different, mix it up a little bit more. And, and again, just because someone's a certain age doesn't mean that they don't have more to contribute uh, and they don't have desires, dreams, and aspirations of doing more in life. So, um, but, but also getting the opportunity to see that we have some very, very, very intelligent, talented young people in this region. Uh, and they've been written off. I think we've given up on them and I, and, and honestly, shame on us. Um, we can do better for the, the youth. You know, no one's talking about that. No one's having that conversation. But we owe it to the youth to pass on a legacy. Uh, we owe it to our ancestors, you know, to continue on their legacy. And especially for me as an, a black man, um, I owe my ancestors a great deal. You know, from the ones that were kidnapped and put in slave dungeons and who were strong enough to make it through that hell um, to the ones that, I grew up watching and learning from um, that legacy needs to be remembered, respected and honored. And uh, I can't see a greater way to do that than to 
work my behind off to rebuild this community and myself and, and do better. Um, and I was able to, to connect with these young people and to let them see that vision and understand um, that they also uh, have a debt that they have to pay and an obligation to their children. Um, and to see them buy into that uh, really tells me that there is hope if we get busy um, and start doing something, you know, stop talking and let's get busy. So I'm very inspired. Um, I'm honored. I'm humbled. Um, I'm very motivated to see this thing forward. And uh, I'm, I'm excited because I know we'll have success. So you just spoke about vision. Um, can you tell me more about your vision for the future, whether it be you know, your personal vision or organizational vision where you see things fitting in in a, in a greater sense in this county or this region, um, and what are your plans? I want to build um, and not stop building, and uh, that means building wealth and, and um, building for, for, you know, the legacy that I want to leave behind. You know, I have children and grandchildren, and, and again, um, ancestors that I owe a debt to. Um, I have beautiful parents who support me. I have a beautiful family around me in general. I have great friends and, and um, you know, a lot of people who have the right heart and the right mind to make this happen. So um, I just want to build. Uh, I want to be the change that I want to see. Um, I want young black youth to understand that if we don't do it, it's not going to get done. Uh, that's our attitude. You know, uh, this country was built on the backs of black people. And uh, the fact that the culture, the, the society doesn't acknowledge it to the extent that it should, but it never has. So I'm not one of those people who are asking anyone for anything. What I want to do is, is go and take what it is that I, I want in life. Um, so that's what I'm doing. That's what I will be doing. And, um, with the people that I have around me, uh, and with, with the love for this community that those people have, um, you know, we're going to build and we're going to, to continue to share this blessing that we have with anyone in the community that wants to build with us. Um, but we're going to do great things down here. Uh, there are great things already happening. Um, uh, so for me, my goal is to just keep building and inspiring other people to come in here and uh, let's give it our best effort to, to you know, make this place what it once was and, and even better and create something for these young people to live for. You know, they don't have anything to live for. So you see, I, I think there's been two kids to come through this place that was out here in this dirt with me over the last three months that have died. Um, and when you see young people dying in some cases because of drug overdoses and those types of things, kids that you've worked with and, and spent time with and talked to, and you realize the potential that they have, you, so you have to ask yourself the question, how in the hell does this happen? How, do, how does this young person that I know, this intelligent kid, um, go from, you know, one day out here in the dirt with you to several years later, dead and gone before the age of 21. 
you know, so we've got plenty, plenty of work to do, um, plenty of opportunity to do better. And, um, like I said, I'm excited about that. And that's pretty much what I'll be up to. So one major project that you have been a visionary on is, um, the mountain farm community grocery that edge is, um, working on in Kimball, West Virginia. And, um, just to give a little bit of background for people who don't know about this project or maybe listening from somewhere else, um, you purchased a building in Kimball, West Virginia that had not been in use for some time with the vision of restoring it at some point, you know, for a greater cause. And, um, now we have a partnership with edge has a partnership with you um to restore this building edge has received some some funding from the usda and is currently um you know doing a fundraising campaign on this project but the idea is to have a space where um, people can aggregate product can have a retail space to sell the product, and it would act as um, an education and training facility for people in the area. Um, and this is something that could be replicated in other areas and all over McDowell County because there are existing uh, properties that are not in use, and you could purchase for you know very little um, investment and turn these around into small businesses, into things that the community needs. Why do you think that this is something that's important? Well, I think we need to definitely support it. Again, when you when I was growing up, you had local businesses everywhere, local hardware stores, uh, you know, you name it, you had it. And, and now, you know, we're not producing anything, and, and we're not, again, encouraging young people to, to do more. So... You know, to get local food is is enormous. That's huge, um, and that would inspire more farmers to to get busy. You know, being productive and producing something. And there's a lot that we could do. So, to have a, a means of of selling products, you've got a growing tourism industry here. So it gives us an opportunity for value added capacity as well. So there's so many things that we can do. Uh, and part of the problem is we live in a food desert. So you may have two or three grocery stores in the whole county. Um, no one's really producing any real volumes of food in the county. So you have a couple problems that come with that, and that is no jobs, no farms, but you also have to deal with the quality of the food that we are getting because it's being imported and everything else. Um, the quality of the food that we get in this region in a lot of, in a lot of cases is very poor. And then you have a situation like COVID-19 come in and complicate things as far as the food supply and, and being able to get product. So I think that really exposed a lot more weaknesses um, within the food system. For sure. And, and, you know, when you think about, you know, I mean, I, if, had I, if I were a politician, that would get my attention. You know, because a lot of the food is coming from a great distance. We're dealing with a drought as we speak, and the food system is getting weaker and weaker. Um, so we really need to be 
figuring out ways to produce our own food in this region to the extent that we can. Uh, and we do have the capacity to produce enough, you know, um, and then with all the infrastructure that's been abandoned and not being used throughout the county, talk about value added capacity, you could take some of those properties and turn them into very productive operations um, with the right vision and the right people involved and, and with the understanding that as a community, we need to start fending for ourselves and, and we can certainly, um, you know, create small business opportunities in this region. I mean, you look at these big organizations like Walmart and for every Walmart in any area, you're probably looking at several hundred small business opportunities that once were here, but now everybody's spending their money at Walmart. Um, and I have nothing against Walmart. There were some excellent business minds that came up with that. And, you know, only the strong survive in a capitalist system. So, um, but we've got to eat too. You know, our children need too. And um, either we're going to stand by and continue to be consumers or we're going to get busy and start being producers. Um, and when we start to, to speak that language in this community and introduce our youth to that mindset, um, then we can start, you know, winning our economy back and, and really creating these opportunities that are there. But right now, I think we're lazy. Um, you know, we're, we're just not motivated. Uh, I don't, I guess we haven't had enough. I don't know what it's going to take, but, uh, you know, I wish a lot of the, the county commissioners and mayors would get on board with this line of thinking and look around their communities and say, okay, what do we have, uh, that can contribute to building this community? Coal mining is what it is, you know, and I have nothing against it either. Um, but we've got to we've got to find other means of of bringing uh, our economy up, and uh, agribusiness is definitely something that we could thrive in. Uh, you look at the tourism sector again, and there are opportunities related to agribusiness there. Um, folks come here and start businesses that aren't even from here, and then hire people here um, when we should be doing those things locally you know those are opportunities that we're just passing up um and i think if we were to start talking about these opportunities you talk about the cohort and the kids that i was working with for example and it got to the point to where if we're going to really call ourselves educators and really do this and, and it be viable then we've got to start talking about the world as it is in 2021 you know, and that's what inspired us to start talking about telecommunications and working from home. There are bunches of people that are sitting in their pajamas making a great living, um, but you don't hear people talking about that in this area that much to the extent that it should be discussed. Um, so building education around telecommunications and agribusiness, tourism, agritourism, um, we're in a perfect location for these things with the resources. We've just got to, to, you know, get the social capital that we need, I think, to push it forward. If you get enough people behind it and supporting it and speaking the language and, and putting the right energy into it, um, we can certainly make this happen.
So we've talked a bit about this already, but what about this area, McDowell County, um, gives you hope? And why do you still believe in this area, despite the fact that we know the statistics? If you look at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation county health rankings that come out every year, they measure, you know, many things. They're specifically related to health outcomes usually, but they measure other economic drivers and McDowell County is 55 out of 55 every year. So, and the stories come out and they, you know, paint this area as, you know, basically just let it sink, let it die. You know, there's still people here. Why do you, what is it about this area that makes you still have hope? Well, we haven't even scratched the surface of, our, you know, we're talking about potential. The potential's here. I think because you have the drug issue and, you know, a lot of these things that have plagued this area for so long, um, we forget <laughs> that, that there are some very resilient people out here. And, and um, there have always been very strong people, and there still are very strong people here. Uh, so I believe in the people, you know, I think, again, uh, back when I was young, it was all about coal mining, so we didn't have to have these discussions. So this is a kind of a new thing. Um, I think you have some things in place that, that are outdated, antiquated, and, and so there needs to be some fresh perspective brought to the table. Uh, so this whole agribusiness discussion is, is, is a new thing. It's not, you know, not even 10 or 15 years old yet. So I think we've got to be in it for the long haul and understand that it takes a long time for movements to, to get going sometimes. Um, and sometimes it takes a lot of pain in order for people to realize I got to do something. So um, getting folks to, to fast forward to 2021 is one thing that we need to be, you know, doing. And I think it's it's happening. You know, um, you're getting young folks who are getting involved and seeing the bigger picture and, and being exposed to the possibilities that they hadn't even thought of before. You know, I've got young kids that are starting their own businesses, whether it be beekeeping. I got a young man who's uh, starting a, a, a kennel, uh, breeding uh, dogs. Um, he's also into farming. His brother is, is into farming and doing a lot of that with him. We've got some seniors in the community that have some uh, things that they want to do, some veterans, Vietnam-era veterans uh, that have gotten motivated and said, you know what, we want to do something too. So, you know, we're coming with this thing, you know, and, and so I'm inspired. Those people uh, let me know, you know, that it's worth fighting for, and, and we've got people like yourself, Crystal. Um, you know, we've got a great team, and... Uh, I'm optimistic. I think we got the right people um, who are committed, who are not going to give up. Uh, we've learned a lot uh, over the years as well. I think we're getting better, um, but we have to have patience. We have to understand that this is this is going to be something that takes time, a lot of time, um, and a lot of heart. And and you know who better who if not us then who? So I've seen what we've done. You know, just getting this training facility and there's a lot of work to do on it still, but just getting it to the point that it is now and having young people out here working with me and, and 
you know, spending time and learning each other and, and exposing them to the possibilities. And um, we had our bumps along the way, of course, uh, because it's all new. And most of these young people feel like they've been given up on. Um, you know, COVID-19 should be very eye-opening for a lot of folks, especially people with teenage children who, who see that the system is broken. You know, and as parents and as leaders in the community, and, and it does take a village to raise children and young people. We need to understand the system is broken. And COVID-19, I think, exposed has exposed a lot of the, the holes in the system. When you look at education anyway, I mean, most of the conversations that you have now in terms of business are on Zoom calls anyway, even before COVID-19. I, I mean, email is almost obsolete already. So technology is advancing quickly. Um, there's so many things happening. So I think it's important for us to understand that, that we're babies in this whole thing. But I think that we've got the right people on the team because we have a great mixture and we have some great ideas. And the future is definitely agriculture. Um, everyone's got to eat at least once. So we've got a lot of, of opportunity. We've got a lot of resources at our disposal and um you know again i'm very excited about it and we're just scratching the surface in terms of agriculture there's so many different things that we could be doing here maple so i could go on and on and on about the opportunities with agriculture and with the amount of infrastructure that you have spread out through this region closed down businesses because of walmarts um there's opportunities for us to grow this thing and do a lot better than we think so are there any other jewels in the region that you think someone needs to know about? Yeah, we're, we're um, working uh, on an apiary. We've, we've worked with the Appalachian Beekeeping Collective. Um, Mark Lilly specifically has done a masterful job. He's trained several of our folks. He's got some folks of our, that went through our program uh, that will become beekeepers here within weeks. Um, and partnered with uh, some other members of EDGE, yourself included, um, you know, we're gonna do this apiary. I think beekeeping, and Mark is an expert on it, he's a master of it, and the quality of honey that we can produce in this region, um, you know, is hard to compete with. There's no contamination, there's no mining going, in, going on over here. Um, the quality of the honey is great. Um, you know, so there's a lot of great opportunities around beekeeping and not just with the honey, but, you know, um, the whole beekeeping model from producing honey to the producing the equipment to queens to and I'm not a beekeeper, but just listening. I was going to say you sound like you know what you're talking <laughs> no, about. No, just listening to to, you know, you and Mark talk about beekeeping and all the various components and business opportunities around it. Um you know, we're, we're, we're in, like I said, we're in pretty good shape. It's just getting people to engage it and show the people in the community in the region that it can be done. And then I think, I think success breeds success. So that's one of the things that we've got to understand as well is, is somebody's got to get out here and start producing and making money and doing well and thriving. And when other people get exposure to that, it's going to get contagious and the next thing you know the next person is inspired to start their business we're already seeing that 
So, um, but yeah, beekeeping is, is definitely something that I'm excited about. Um, working with uh, Doug Lusk in, in Bluefield, I think there's a lot of opportunities with high tunnel production. Um, and I just learned last year, um, as I'm growing as a farmer and still learning a lot, but I've got some hives here at my place and, um, the impact that having these pollinators had on production for me over the last couple of years, especially with the melons has been amazing. So, um, I think we're going to have a very good year in terms of fruit and vegetable production here um, and having the cohort come through and work to see that whole process and learn from it um, is going to be um, a good time. So I'm looking forward to that. And those are some of just a few of the things that I think folks should be looking out for. We can link some of this information in um, the podcast description. We're talking about Doug Lusk, who has a market in Blue Well. Yes. And it's a long Route 52, and we'll link that information so that you can, if you're somewhere nearby or you're going to be nearby, you can go through his place. He's selling um, produce, and Jason is going to be producing some food for him um, in the upcoming months. So that's another way for people to have fresh, locally produced food um, in the region. So he's he's someone that Edge has been um interested in working with and trying to help him grow his business as we also um, are developing our own community grocery in the area so that we can get fresh nutrient-dense food in people's homes, teach them, you know, how to use it, how to eat it, what the benefit of it is. So some of the um, businesses and nonprofits that we've mentioned, we can link that information in a description box so that you can have access to learning about these places or organizations. Um, it has been a on, an honor and a pleasure to speak with you today um, and an honor to work with you and kind of see your vision for this area. So we, um, we definitely appreciate it from an edge perspective and um, we want to be able to direct people to your business as well and the things that they can look for coming from you. So that's something that we will also do. But thank you very much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. The bumps in the road along the way Are the scars of tomorrow today Don't worry about the sorrows From the choices that were made They were bumps in the road along the way